you know, this is definitely not our grandmother's Baptist church. With music like that, and Tammy, I thank you for your word. That is such a good word as far as us getting out of the boat with our faith, fighting the fear that always seems to keep us trapped. So I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I struggle with fear. My fear, well, I don't know that it comes out of anything but just fear. Well, it comes out of the lack of my faith, the lack of me acting on my faith. Anger soon follows. My name is Steve. And I'm glad you guys are here. Let's start out tonight. I'm teaching on sanity. As many of you know, and some of you have mocked me in the hallways about what do I know about sanity? And you're right, I know a lot more about insanity than sanity, but I'm going to take a swat at this anyway. So uh, we're on principle two, if we can have it up there, and let's all say this together. Earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Jesus' words were the scripture, happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, Matthew 5, 4. And just for note, the mourn part of that is happier those who remember. Remember what they lost. Happier those that remember where they messed up. And remember to God, to bring it to God, so that they will be comforted. Okay, principle one, I've got some basics here for principle one, and they they might start out and seem a little negative, so let me give you some positives for you, and then we'll start into this. Every one of us here are a miracle. Our bodies are made up of 37, approximately 37 trillion cells, 37 trillion cells, all acting in concert. Every one of us are amazing. Your face can make over 4,000 expressions. On any given Friday night, I see about 3,500 different expressions. <laughs> Especially when I'm teaching, I get a lot of, huh? And <clears throat> your liver performs over 500 different functions. And your, pump, your heart, you ready for this one? Your heart pumps. 1,680 gallons a day. You are amazing, but you're not God. As amazing as we are, we're really just a piece of meat on a stick, but we can, we can think, and as soon as he let us think, then all of a sudden we thought we're God. We're not God. And that has caused us the same problem it caused Eve when we try to be God, because that doesn't work. He doesn't appreciate it, and we can't do it. So that's what we learned in principle one. First off, we are not God. Second off, we are powerless. With all the power we do have, we are powerless to control our tendency to do the wrong thing. 
And until I got into CR, I wasn't aware of that. I don't know about you, but I wasn't aware of all my powerlessness. I was aware of my fear crawling up from the backside, but I wasn't aware of my powerlessness. And so this is an important thing for us to understand about ourselves is we're powerless. And thirdly, because we're powerless, that leaves our lives unmanageable. By ourselves, our lives are going to be unmanageable. When we take out on our own, when we don't rely on God, when we forget where He is, we're like Peter that's sinking through those waves you talked about. When we try it on our own, we're going to, our lives are going to become unmanageable. In principle two, which is a principle that we're on and going to be talking about tonight, we understand the basis of God, and one is He's always existed. He stands outside of time. There is nothing before Him. There will be nothing after Him. Secondly, you matter to God. Everyone matters to God. He drew your face. He knows your heart. We get in trouble when we forget that we matter to God. And we'll see that more later on. And thirdly, the power that we search in ourselves to control our bad tendencies are not in ourselves. That power is found in God. And He has the power that helps us recover. So let's go back up to our principle, earnestly believe God exists. You know, I think it takes a pridefully arrogant person to believe God doesn't exist. I really do. I mean, we can forget about his love for us, but you can't watch the sun come up every morning and believe that just happens. You can't be whatever age you are and have been breathing your whole life, never questioning the source of your oxygen, and truly believe that God doesn't exist. So if we're going down that road, you need to check yourself on that one. That's, that's pretty shallow thinking. The next one, not as shallow, but a lot more troublesome, and that is doubting that you matter to Him. Me doubting that I matter to God makes absolutely no sense. The reality in my life, and I truly believe in your lives, is you don't have anything to base that on. Now, we do know that we've all prayed when we're struggling and prayed and prayed and sometimes seemingly did not get an answer. But I believe when I've looked at my life that over time I've always realized, oh, I got the answer. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. That was the right answer. It took me a while to pick up on it. But God listens to my prayers. God answers my prayers. I know he does the same for you. But me doubting him creates a lot of problems. And the number one problem it creates is it ushers in fear. And when fear takes over, I go down the wrong paths. I open the wrong doors. I, I don't do much right 
when I'm fearful, and it always leaves me in a bad place. So tonight, I want to focus on how your life can change, how your life can go from chaos to hope. That's what Josh taught about two weeks ago. Hope is so important in our life, and hopelessness is no place to stay in your lives. We've all been there. Whenever you find yourself there, do not stay there. Make sure that you move and make sure you move towards God. Let's take a look tonight. I'm actually going to do an acrostic. How about that, Josh? Huh? Some, somebody mark this down on the teaching rolls. I'm doing an acrostic. Tonight's acrostic is sanity, and it starts with S for strength. Folks, just having faith in God strengthens you. Just having the faith. And when you don't have the faith, just fake it till you make it. Just go, I believe. I don't feel it. I believe it. Having hope immediately strengthens you. As soon as you have hope in God, just that event strengthens you. Plus, God will always join you and strengthen you when you reach out to him. Scripture 380 times mentions strength and God giving us strength. We know we need it. And he is our source of it. So strength is the number one gift we get when we hope in Christ and trust his love. The second thing we get is acceptance. Once we sanely start looking at ourselves, really truthfully being honest about ourselves and our struggles, and when we commit to quit hiding and our sanity comes back, we get a different look at ourselves. We're different than we thought we were. And just that alone start, causes us to start acting differently. And when that plays out, we find out other people start treating us differently uh, once we look at them differently and start treating them differently. So just the sanity to look at ourselves brings acceptance on ourselves and acceptance from other people. The N stands for new life. In recovery and in hope in God, we don't just get a second chance. Guys, we get another chance. It doesn't mean make any difference if it's our second or our 602nd. God is always prepared to give us another chance. The I stands for integrity. Once we get honest and start following through on what we say, heck, people start trusting us again. The T stands for trust. Once we begin to trust relationships with other people and trust God, and when I say trust God, that's pronounced obey. Once we start obeying God and trusting him that his direction was right, all of our relationships become safer. We're safer to ourselves and we're safer to others. And the why insanity starts for your higher power. Just like I said when I started, the power that we need, God has. He wants to give it to us. We're blessed to have a God that not only loves us, but wants us to love him. Tonight, I want to read you a story out of Luke 
It's like, like what Tammy talked about. It's a story about the sea. One day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to push out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let us let the nets down for, for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we were tolerant all, all night and haven't caught a darn thing, anything, I guess it says, but because you said so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in another boat to come help them, and they came, and both boats were filled so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Now, I'm going to uh, get out of character. I'm going to get in a costume. You'll find it hard to recognize me once I'm in costume. And I want to tell, retell this very same story. You'll have to pardon me when I get in my costume and trip over the band's equipment. I'm sure everything will work. Somebody moved part of my costume over here. Bear with me. Here we go. Full costume. Brian Barnes provided this costume for me. That story that you just that I just read that you heard was told from Jesus' standpoint. The camera was on Jesus, and you got to see Jesus' actions and Jesus' ministries. May I retell that story from Peter's standpoint? So Peter just gets out of the boat. He's been worrying all the way back to bank because he leads this pack. It was his big idea. They start fishing early that evening. He told them where to go, when to put the net down, when to pull it up, when to move the boat. Peter directed everything, and nothing went right. And so Peter, as he gets out of the boat, says to his brother Andrew and the rest of them, guys, when you're finished with those nets, don't throw them back in the boat like that. Bring them out. Hang them on the bank. I know you're exhausted. We don't want our nets to rot. I know we didn't catch anything. I know we haven't caught a lot in a long time. I know we were counting on taking fish back to our family. Maybe enough fish that we could sell and catch up on a few bills. 
but let's hang the nets out. We'll figure this out. And then he looks down the bank and he goes, hey, guys, watch your mouth. Here comes the rabbi. None of that fisherman talk. And he is hoping that the rabbi passes by because he's got problems on his hands. He's got people to talk to because he can't pay his bills. He's got a wife that he promised he would bring home something for the family. Things aren't going that great when he says hi to the rabbi and as the rabbi passes by, the rabbi gets in his boat and Peter goes, oh no. And then he looks over and he goes, what? You, you want me to push you out in the water? Might as well. I'm standing here with my oar. So he gets in the boat and he pushes back in the water. And he's sitting there thinking, this is the worst time for a sermon I can possibly imagine. And I love his sermons, but I'm in no mood for his talk. But the more that Jesus talks and the more he teaches the crowd, the more it gets into Peter's heart because Peter knows Jesus and he loves Jesus. But by the time he's through, even though his heart's lighter, in comes his fears again. I got to get to shore. I have got stuff to do. This is not going to be a good day. And dadgummit, if the rabbi doesn't say, hey, Pete, let's go fishing. He loves Jesus, but he goes, Jesus, it's been a long night. We have fished this entire lake. They're not out there today. And Jesus is just smiling and going, come on, man, let's go fishing. So Peter pushes back to the bank, says, Andrew, grab a net, hop in. We're going to go fishing for just a bit. Jesus, we just got a few minutes. Jesus just smiles. They push out, and as he oars out, he's looking at Jesus, and Jesus is just smiling and looking at life. And finally, Peter goes, where am I going? And Jesus goes, ah, anywhere's fine. This is fine. And Peter's thinking to himself, oh, my gosh. He's a wonderful rabbi. He doesn't know beans about fishing. We are so wasting our time. But let's get this over with. And he looks at Andrew and he goes, let's get this over with. So he throws the net over the side and they're just sitting there and Peter's got not one thought of hope. When he feels a couple bumps on the net. And he kind of looks over to Andrew and he goes, well, maybe we're going to get a snack before we go home. And then just all of a sudden he goes, oh, no, Andrew, we've caught a log. And Andrew goes, Simon, I'm not sure. It's still moving. And he feels of it and he goes, well, I think you're right. I've never felt this before. 
He goes, let's pull it in. So he starts to pull it in. They can't pull it in. He hollers at James and John on the bank, and he goes, we've got something. We've got something. Come on out of here. Help us pull this in. And the other boat joins them. And they all four pull on that net, and fish just come falling into the boat. All they can handle, and they flip the net over to the other boat. And as the other three men are emptying it, Simon realizes what's really going on. He understands the rabbi in his presence. It's really God. That's really the Messiah. And he falls on those fish. I know scripture says he falls on his knees, but the boat was full of fish. He falls on all of those fish in front of Jesus. Because he knows who he is. He knows what he said when the fish weren't there to be caught. He knows how he's acted, just like we. Just like you know what you've done. You know what you've said. You know what you've thought. So did Peter. And he said, you got the wrong guy. I'm a piece of work. And then you know what Jesus did. He puts his hand around Peter's neck. And he draws him in. And he said, there's enough here to pay off all your bills. Sell the fish. Feed your family. Follow me. You got a new life out there. We're going to be fishing for a lot bigger fish than this. We're going to start fishing for people. I want to ask the band to come back up. And I want to ask you guys. Okay, I'm back to Steve. And I want my huggers to come up. Have you been fishing for answers in your life and catching nothing? Have you been struggling with things on your own, trying to hide whatever you're struggling with and trying to overpower it at the same time you're trying to hide it? I've done that. And I've done that a lot in my life. And nothing has helped me more than this ministry to understand I cannot overcome something without God and I can't overcome it when I'm hiding it. And so I want to encourage you tonight like Peter when he fell on his knees and recognized the power that was in front of him. And I want you to remember, and the reason I told the story from Peter's vantage point is so many times in my life, I'd have never let Jesus in my boat. And when he said, join me and let's push out, I'd have said, no, no. I'm too busy. I know the way. I'm not doing that. But Peter's heart was so good. And he followed Jesus. And that's what we need to do. We need to let our faith follow Jesus. Whenever he says something in our ear, we need to do that. And we need to do it right then. And our lives will change like those fishermen's lives changed. And God will use us to fill this auditorium up over 
and over again for I don't know how long. So if you're fishing for answers about something in your life, would you come down and get a chip to remember that? And if you've got a prayer that you need answered, just like Peter, you can fall on your knees right here in front of the Lord. Let's go catch some fish. Y'all come.